Welcome to the Baxter Bowman Podcast. If you're obsessed with the strategies, gear, and stories that will make you a better backcountry bow hunter, you're in the right place. We're independent, unsponsored, and unbiased, so we can cut the fluff and give you detailed advice on what really works and what doesn't. Today's podcast is part of the Hunt Elk in 2020 series, where I walk my friend and new bow hunter, Josh, through what he needs to know for his first over-the-counter public land bow hunt. It's based on everything I learned that made me successful for three out of the first four years I bow hunted elk. I've found that I'm learning just as much as he is from this process, and I hope you do too. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back. Baxter and Josh, just doing our thing. Yes, sir. Got my new arrows from you. Thank you very much. I've been shooting them a ton lately, and they shoot so... I got like my best scores ever shooting like those Vegas rounds. Yeah. Um, it's been awesome. Really cool. Yeah, we... Uh, Originally, I was going to teach Josh how to do the arrows or build the arrows himself, but uh, with all this COVID stuff and the baby on the way, I decided I'll just hook him up and uh, build them, build them myself, and just <laughs> post it up for him to learn. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm so appreciative. They're awesome. Yeah, that's cool, man. Leave one will be sent to an elk this fall. Yes, that is the goal, and that is uh, probably one of the better arrows I've ever, like, better looking set of arrows. You got like two or three different colors of orange and red going on there, and they look really cool. Yeah, and they'll be easy to find too. Yeah, very easy. So, um, yeah, well, today today we're talking more stuff for the fall, backcountry food and nutrition for backpacking in specific. So a lot here, really cool podcasts. Yeah, and I think to when I heard that this is going to be the topic today, in my mind, I was like, huh, how complex can that be? Like, it's just food and feeling yourself. I've gone to REI, got all the backpacking foods and just boil water, throw it in there. They're pretty light, um, but I'm sure you've got a lot to say on this one. Yeah, always, right? Uh, yeah, we'll break it down into three kind of in three areas. One is like high level nutrition um, and guidelines, and this is a lot to do with Ironman. A lot of things I learned there, uh, and then the second, which hits your point, you're just talking about why guys should be shopping at grocery stores and not necessarily REI for their food, and how they can save a ton of money by doing that. Uh, and then finally, talk tactical. So like, what what are the bars I like? What are the little snacks I like to buy at the grocery store? What are the meals that are great? I like to be super transparent on this. That like, I'm, not, I'm newer to some things. I'm like only a little bit ahead of Josh on some stuff and other things I've been doing for a while. This one is, I've been doing this one for a while, right? I've been backpacking 25 years, um, mm -hmm. over 25 years, uh, probably 26, 27, whatever. So I've got a lot of experience finding food that works without refrigeration. That's really yeah, all so backpacking you, food is. You've been backpacking about as long as I've been alive. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds sounds daunting. <laughs> Make you feel old there for a second. Yeah, not, but, not um, really that old. <laughs> but why uh, why is nutrition so important? Yeah, well, you know, I think a lot of the the things that go on in in the backcountry are way more intense than you think. Like a good guideline for most guys is that, you know, if you're hiking, let me back up. If you're hiking for just an hour with un, no backpack, you're burning at least 400 calories an hour, right? Mm -hmm. And we talked about this in the training one, but you're going to be hiking at least two or three hours a day, at least. And so you're going to be burning and you're going to have a backpack. You're going to be at altitude. You're going up and down. You're burning a lot of calories. And like, if you don't fuel well, like there's a temptation in backpacking to go light and just grit through it, like day two or three, you're going to bonk and you're going to bonk hard. Um, you're going to feel horrific. And I've been there, man. Like my, my first like five or 10 years of backpacking, there'd be times I just like day two, I could hardly move. Um, and I think guys underestimate consistently the importance of food because it's literally the fuel your body runs on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so maybe we talked the first guideline that, that I've got, which is you're going to need at least 3000 calories a day, right? Like that's, that's something that's bare minimum that you got to have. And there's always a tension in backpacking food between two things, right? One is weight and the other is calories. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of guys, this is personal too. Like this is totally a personal one, but, um, a lot of guys tend to do one of two things. They'll either pack a ton of stuff and they're carrying all this extra weight that they really don't need to. And food is really heavy. Like a, if you're efficient about it, a full day of 3,200 calories away, like a pound and a half, that's always my benchmark. And so if you had four or five days of food, that's like seven, eight pounds of food. 
Yeah. And so if you're not packing that efficiently, 10, 11, 15 pounds of food, that's crazy, man. Mm -hmm. Um, The other alternative is a lot of guys don't bring enough, right? And it might look like enough because it's about what they'd eat on an average day, 2000 calorie guideline or whatever. But then day two or three, like I said, they're either eating all their food or they're just burned out. Right. Um, So it's pretty important to get that minimum. And you had a good general guideline is that 3000 plus I tend to do 3,200. I weigh about 170 pounds. So and this really depends on you too. Like I know we've, we let the guys know before you're a welterweight, right? You're a yep. lightweight <laughs> champion of the world here. Um, but you got, it's 200 something pounds and is carrying a heavy pack and is a big eater, high metabolism. Like he could be doing 4,000 a day. Easy. Dang. Easy, yeah. easy, easy. So you really don't want to get out there and not uh, not take enough food with you. But mm-hmm. that's probably not news to you, right? Like you're pretty familiar with that. Yeah, I definitely have taken too little food out there before and it does suck. And also like food is the thing, like one of the most enjoyable parts of like a long day is food. So yeah, yep. I've, I've taken too little and I've definitely taken too much. So yeah. Yeah, and we'll talk exact numbers here in a minute, but that's, that's my general guideline is start with at least 3,000 a day. Um, I'd say if you're new, start with like 3,500 a day, and then you can always take stuff out later. Uh, and guys have, you know, there's very different reactions to altitude and how you deal with that. Like I know you, you had trouble sleeping. Most people do. And some people feel more hungry. Some people feel less hungry, but it'll stabilize after day two or three, uh, no matter what you do anyway. So even if you go out and you're like, I'm not hungry, don't worry, you will be. Yeah, that's what happened to me. I had trouble sleeping and then I was just not hungry at all. I And I didn't eat that much. I ate like a meal and a bar a day. Yeah. 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 It's probably pretty bad. <laughs> Real bad. Yeah, yeah. You're going to need a lot more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is where we get into the really cool stuff from the, the Ironman. And you guys can go back and listen to that one on training. Um, but an Ironman, training for an Ironman triathlon is a lot like elk hunting, right? You're exercising two to four hours a day every day to get ready for that really ultra long distance thing. It's an endurance exercise, right? Mm -hmm. And so to your point around, there's two sayings in triathlon that uh, like two things I learned really. One is that food is mood. Mm. Like, and I'll talk about that in a second. And then second is that sugar is actually the best thing for you when you're exercising. Food is mood. Both of those are things that guys kind of, we'll push back on right a lot they're gonna say like we've all been trained that sugar is the devil it's not a good thing avoid it Um, and that's pretty true if you're pretty sedentary right you're not exercising or you're doing exercise under an hour hour and a half Mm -hmm. like you really don't need sugar your body stores enough so your body stores it in your cells and in the glycogen in your liver Mm-hmm. And so at any, any point in time, we're going to geek out here for a second. At any point in time, you've got a, a few hundred grams. So it's just enough to let you do endurance exercise from anywhere from about an hour and a half to maybe two, two and a half hours, right? Yeah. You think and, of that as like your tank of energy. Yeah. Your tank of energy for burning sugar in your body, right? Exactly. That's the stuff you store. Mm-hmm. And so if you're not routinely exercising longer than that, it's no big deal. Your body just kind of keeps that tank semi-full and it goes for it. But the problem with uh, the problem with elk cutting is you're going to go out there and three or four hours a day, you're going to completely drain that tank, mm-hmm. right? So you're going to take it all the way, all the way to the bottom. And your body, which we'll talk about in a second, it's super important to eat at the right time because your body can't fill that back up quickly, right? So the only other thing you can do is to eat sugar while you're exercising. Mm-hmm. And so um, we're going to geek out a little more glycogen. You break that down. Um, and it's what your brain runs on as well, mm-hmm. right? So your brain literally burns sugar. Everything in your body gets converted to sugar. And that's why insulin's so important. Diabetes, that sort of thing. So if you are running low on energy, what do you think is going to happen? You bonk, you bonk, <laughs> but also you get before you bonk. And I think what guys don't realize is this is like, you get much, much more insidious kind of things you start to feel really negative oh yeah i get hangry exactly you get hangry your brain gets bad um you just start to see everything in a negative light and that can happen like a full hour or two before you actually bonk 
right bonking is like the last like your body's just shutting down basically telling you you need food now like we can't even keep going yeah it's it's like you're done right you're Mm -hmm. out of there um and so that uh that that's what the saying is in triathlon is food is mood and it was one of the most amazing things i noticed when i was working out hard is that if you literally have had a negative thought i was like eat some goo (laughs) yeah (laughs) have a bit of sugar and it was it was really kind of scary how much your body depends on like external influences like that because i'd eat something and within three minutes i'd be like i'm happy again the world's great (laughs) sugar is like a drug (laughs) it is it's literally a drug right it's what your body needs but um the time you do need it is when you're exercising so Mm -hmm. i think a lot of guys and we'll talk about this in a minute but fat is much more energy dense. And so they think about a lot of fat when they're in the backcountry. But the problem with fat is that it's a totally different cycle your body has to run. And for guys that are doing Ironman training, doing it for a year, two years at a time, you'll train your body to burn fat efficiently. Mm-hmm. But for a guy who's coming off the couch or just exercising one hour a day, he's never really teaching his body to burn fat efficiently. So if you go out there and you only bring fat, your body's going to be in a, in a world of hurt because it's not going to know what to do with that stuff. It's not good at converting that into the energy you need. Yeah. It's because most people are sugar burners, right? We haven't like, unless you're eating a full keto diet where like 80 to 90% of your diet's fat and you're consuming very little carbs, you haven't really transitioned your body to burn fat as a, as its primary source of fuel. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, if you're just going to take fat out there, you're going to get that keto flu that a lot of people experience when they switch over to that keto diet. Um, so yeah, probably for 80% of the guys out there, probably 95% of the guys out there, like sugar is going to be great unless you're like already full keto or something. Yeah. And this is where it gets really tough because you see so many backpacking and relatively new backpackers say fat is so key and it's how you save weight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you, like you said, you get keto flu the first week you elk hunt, <laughs> which like, no, no amount of saving weight is worth just destroying your performance. And so yeah. This is, and the cool thing about this, this is the upside of this is you can take this to extremes. Like one of my favorite foods when I'm out there is gummy bears, man. Like I'm telling mm-hmm. you, you can just do whatever you want. Um, there's limits. Like your body can only process uh, 100 to 200 calories per hour of sugar mm-hmm. digested. Like there's just, it's, that's the physical max it can deal with. Um, so you don't want to eat more than that, but eating that kind of, you know, 100 to 200 calories an hour uh, while you're out there is going to just dramatically change how you feel and your performance yeah so you would treat it you you would treat it like fueling during an ironman or a marathon right because i i guess like when i ran my marathon all the tips i would get was like at least eat 100 calories per hour while Mm -hmm. you're exerting um so you would translate that directly to hunting totally yeah and i think that's you guys are going to think oh that's overly analytical or overly intense or whatever it is and just Mm -hmm. try it man you know, it's will change your life. Um, it won't be day one, but day two, three, four, if you're doing that, you're going to just have consistent energy for hours, right? Your tank's always filling up. It's always filling up, right? Um, I mean, it's net net probably going to keep draining, but you're stopping it from draining out completely quick. Yeah. Uh, and that's, it's just really important to do. I can't, yeah. I can't understate that enough. And so it's, yeah, I think that's a great one, but to your point around timing, Mm-hmm. you've really got to eat every 30 to 45 minutes, a little bit of sugar. It's not like, Hey, every two hours eat 300 grams. Cause it's like, you want to constantly let your body be absorbing it. Yeah. So it's like keeping that bar in your pocket. It's just nibbling a little bit. Um, you know, a few gummy bears every 15 minutes, that kind of thing. Right. Just like, like an IV drip of sugar to your tank instead of like risking that you're going to hit that empty and then just ruin the next few hours and sitting there refueling. Yeah. Oh, totally. And we, uh, you in an Ironman triathlon, for example, you'll be, you'll literally have your mixture of fuel down to like the gram per hour. And I'll be eating, sipping something out of a bottle and I go through it in an hour. Like it's unbelievably maniacal and anal. Don't worry. It's (laughs) you don't need to do that for hunting. I'm just saying we're hunting, just like take a nibble on something with a lot of sugar in it every 15 to 30 minutes. That's That's a great great tip. Have you ever had a really bad bonking experience, whether backpacking or doing some crazy triathlon? Yeah, no, I've had um, I've had lots of bonking experiences. <laughs> I'm trying to think of one that's... What, what, yeah, what's like your worst one where oh, you're man. like, this sucks. Well, I dropped... So I used to do liquid nutrition, right? I'd mix stuff in with water 
Mm-hmm. And I dropped my bottle of it on a training ride once. And it's oh. like a six hour training ride for guys uh, that aren't familiar with that. It's a long time to be on a bike. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it was like hour three when I dropped it. I was like, oh, I'll probably be able to make it. No big deal. And I think it was hour four and a half or five. Mm-hmm. I mean, my body shut down. Like I was getting the shivers. I got cold. I like had to pull over and I, I literally started getting lightheaded. You know, Whoa. so I had to lay down and uh, call my parents and just say, I'm here. I need you to pick me up. Mom. Yeah. And I'm sugar. like, <laughs> in my late 20s, you know, and I'm like, this feels really mature. But it's like, so you're, you're literally incapacitated. You does it feel like a cliff? Like, does it, is, or is it gradual? Uh, at that point, you know, if that far into exercise, it felt like a cliff. I'd wow. say normally it feels a lot more gradual though. Like if we're hu- talking hunting here. Mm-hmm. We're not quite going as hard. Like you just start feeling like crap. Yeah. And it's like an hour or two into it. There's plenty of times I'm out hunting. I forget to eat something for an hour or two because I'm so intent. And I just mm-hmm. like notice my thoughts are getting really negative. I'm getting super tired. I'm like, oh man, I haven't eaten anything. And I'll just mm-hmm. sit down. Like I think sitting down and hunting is always an amazing thing to do. Like it's such a good thing to do. Um, I learned that a lot with chucker hunting because they're like elk, they call a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you're, I'd say 60% of elk calls, you can't hear them unless you're standing still. They're always like, unless they're within a few hundred yards, you, they're pretty faint. Yeah. And so just sitting still listening, eating something, taking it in, you know, planning your strategy. It's always a good thing to do. Yeah. Gotcha. And you don't want to be out there elk hunting, dead tired, calling your mom for gummy beers. Cause it's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I want to live that one down. Probably should have brought my parents into it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was pretty bad. I called my buddy first to my defense and he, he was AWOL. So thanks Brett. <laughs> um, yeah. But so the other one with this is timing matters. Uh, mm-hmm. This is another, this is probably my biggest takeaway. I can tell guys about nutrition. That's going to blow their mind is that your body is the enzymes um, and the proteins in your body that are regulating absorption of this stuff, right? Your tank is full when you start, your tank starts to slowly go down. Those enzymes go through the roof and they're telling your body, oh man, oh crap. Like as much sugar as you can bring in and store, still do it, right? Because oh. you're losing stuff so it's like the, the guy that's managing the tank is sitting there watching the tank just slowly drain and he's like man we're gonna hit the bottom like everybody as much as you can um so i'm using really like a metaphor right but yeah you, the the science has shown it's about 250 times more efficient at absorbing carbohydrate or storing glycogen in your cells in your liver within 10 to 15 minutes after you finish a workout okay so after your heart rate returns back to like resting quote-unquote heart rate then the next 15 minutes, all the enzymes are like, give us sugar. Like we need this right now. Yeah. And, and they're doing way it better at processing it. And they're doing it during your exercise. And that's why it's okay. good to eat during. But um, this is very specific to endurance exercise. I don't want guys to go do a 15 minute workout and be like, honey, I got to pound some chocolate milk. Yeah. <laughs> but you, when you do those long distance exercises, this is one of the number one things they teach you in the Ironman is you have to eat a lot of sugar immediately after your workout because your body it cannot fill your tank in the 24 hours between your next workout. And a lot of times it's only 12 hours to your workout. Mm -hmm. So like the absorption rate goes down to so slow that we talked about that rate factor. You can only put a hundred or 200 calories back in per hour. Mm -hmm. That drops and drops and drops and drops when you aren't exercising. So it can literally be that even if you were eating sugar every hour, you wouldn't be able to fill that tank before you start exercising the next day. Interesting. Yeah. And so when you're doing something in an Ironman, when you're exercising every day or you're what elk hunting, where you're exercising every day, if you don't eat within those 10 to 15 minutes, right after you finish your longest workout, your body physically can't get enough sugar back into its storage tanks. Oh, I see. yeah. Especially you're getting up super early the next day. So does this mean at night when you go find your campsite, like just eat right away? Yeah. Although I typically am not, you know, a lot of guys, when they think campsite, they think dehydrated food, which we'll talk about here in a minute, but you, you've got to eat it faster than that. So a lot of this, you know, for example, I'll eat like Tonka bites, protein with sugar, like cranberries and sugar in it. I'll bring, eat a little jerky and a ton of sugar. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of research has shown that like a three to one ratio of carbs to protein, your body, there's something magical about that, that your body's really good at absorbing that. Yeah. Um, and I've linked to a few of those on the site. It's fascinating if you really want to get into it. But 
you want to eat something right then. So I wouldn't say like, go make your meal, go do your thing. Like literally pull something out of your pocket and eat it. Um, and I'm going to geek out again. Guys don't need to write this stuff down, but again, Olympic level studies, 1.0 to 1.2 uh, grams of carbohydrate per kilogram of body weight mm -hmm. is what they've also shown. So long story short, just eat like 40, 50 grams of sugar after you finish your two or three hour hike. Okay. Like that and will make a like, big difference in your performance the next day. And like 10, 15 grams of protein or something like that. Something like that. But yeah, I don't, I'm not making this one up like this one. I learned the hard way with the training. It was night and day when I started doing that. And mm -hmm. uh, chocolate milk is like by chance about perfect three to one ratio. <laughs> nice. So I went through gallons of chocolate milk, but if I ever forgot to drink it right after a workout the next morning, I'm just tanked. Like it's just, you're, I don't know that feeling you've ever gone to do a workout and you just can't, just can't. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely have those runs. Like if you run every day, like there's just some mornings where you're just like, this is not my day. And it's probably cause I didn't feel well. Yeah. The day before. That's it. And it's really weird to think that your performance today is actually more about what you ate 10 to 15 minutes after your workout yesterday, but that's yeah. exactly how it works. Um, Interesting. And I'm already been geeky enough. I've already talked about the numbers. We could build you I could show you the equation and why that's true and that you can't get enough back in in 24 hours, but just trust me on that one, right? Like, yeah. it's, uh, it's amazing. So I, that's a really important thing for guys to do is when they finish hiking for the day, just make sure they, they eat really quick. Don't wait for your freeze-dried meal if you're using those. Yeah, so fill your bladder that you put in your backpack with chocolate milk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good luck seeing that one, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the last, last kind of guideline or like high level nutrition thing I've learned after all the years of backpacking and stuff is that, yeah, you do need fat to save weight. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's a balance. So fat and what you're going to hear from a lot of other guys, we talked about this earlier is that fat gives you nine calories per gram versus carbohydrates and protein only give you four calories per gram. Yeah. So you get about twice the energy for a gram of fat that you do for protein and yeah. carbohydrates. So yeah, if you were to take 3,000 calories of carbohydrates, it'd be twice as heavy, at least. Mm -hmm. So we already talked about why it's important to keep sugars around. Like, yeah, you want to make sure you've got enough through the day. Um, but, you know, I, I don't want to go down the numbers again. I find a really good blend of the two is like somewhere in the 130 calories per ounce range of food. Mm -hmm. So guys that are looking to say like, okay, I've got... Uh, you know, a pound and a half of food, how many calories is that? Like that's a really good range because you'll have a good blend of fats and sugars that keep you somewhat lightweight, but also give you all the sugar you're going to need. Yeah. Oh, I see. So you're saying you should carry about, you should try to fit 130 calories or so into one ounce of food. Yeah. Okay. Something like that. Yeah. And that's, that's going to net you out at about a pound and a half of food a day. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and this again, I'm never going to apologize for like my way of hunting, but it's very, you know, that sounds overly intense, but I don't, I think guys like even your average dude that doesn't really care about this stuff is going to notice a massive difference in performance. If you, if you do those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. And so it's worth it the time to pack this stuff in a Ziploc bag, like a gallon Ziploc with everything you're going to eat in a day in it. And I just write down the calories. So if it's like this bar is 400 calories, right? 400 on it. Now this is, you know, I weighed out six, ounces of chips that's thousand calories i write that on it so then i just look down at it i'm like okay hey, it's like 3400 calories we're good dang wow you really calculate everything you give yourself every single possible edge out yeah. there wow yeah that's awesome but i think guys also are going to poo poo that but here's the thing about that is i don't think about a thing yeah when i'm out in the hills because mm -hmm. I, I don't even have to, I don't have to plan. I don't have to dig around in my stuff to look for something else. When I get back to the car, I just, I pre-make like seven or 10 of those bags at every, any point in time. Mm -hmm. And if it's a three day trip, I grab three, I leave the car. That's so it brilliant. saves me an hour or two of effort. It's just super easy. I don't have to think. Uh, yeah. I think putting more thinking outside of elk season so you can think less during elk season is always worth it. Super smart. Uh, I do have a question about eating fat when you're out there. Cause if your body's primarily burning sugar during the day, like do we have to eat fat? Is it just to save the weight on the calories or? Yeah, you absolutely. A lot of, you know, the, the lipids in the cell layers, like all of the, the, your cells have fat in them. 
mm-hmm. there's a ton of fat that your body uses. So you'd absolutely, you need it for that. And like your body, it's not like it does either or it's not burning sugar or burning fat. It's kind of doing both at the same time. It's just what proportion goes where. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's efficient because it can be also burning fat in the background. Gotcha. Because you your, your body stores a lot of fat, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of vitamins are only fat soluble. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're not going to absorb certain vitamins. Yeah, it's another good one for guys like um, an, a multivitamin. Um, I also find magnesium is unbelievable. Magnesium powder is super helpful. Yeah. Uh, it helps you sleep. Like it puts a lot of guys to sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it also makes you regular. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which with backpacking food is, trust me, a problem sometimes. So that's, I love those two little things too, just at night. Um, nice. Knocks you out and it keeps you regular. So yeah, I actually drink magnesium powder every day. Um, I like that stuff. Yeah, I do it at uh, home too. Probably every day, every other day. It's really, yeah, it's nice. There's a brand called Calm. Is that the one you use? Yep. Oh, nice. Cool. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. great. I think it was Heather at Heather's Choice on a podcast I listened to first uh, who talked about that. And I tried it. I was like, wow, this is amazing. So nice. It's a good little tip for guys, but credit to her. Um, Okay. So that's enough of the geeky stuff. Um, Hopefully that helps guys though. And helps you just like, you'll, you will notice a difference if you can deal with that level of prep and effort. Uh, Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't think it's that bad. Like you just label all the calories, you put it each in one bag. So you don't have to think about it when you're there. Um, And then the one adjustment I'm going to make now is like, even now during when I'm training is right after I'm done training, just refuel up so I can train better the next day. Totally. Yeah. That's a big one. I mean, I'm talking like five to 10 minutes after, like immediately after. Yeah. Uh, And sugar, here's the other thing too, is we're not, it doesn't have to be straight sugar. We're talking simple carbohydrate. Mm -hmm. So a lot of guys get hung up on that. Uh, We'll talk things I recommend here in a minute, but like potato chips, um, maltodextrin, like a goo, a, uh, even a bagel or toast. Like those are all easy or simple carbohydrates. So you can, it's not like you have to drink sugar. You know? Yeah, <laughs> not like you got to drink sugar water, but yeah, yeah, glucose, anything with fructose, fructose, um, glucose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all, it's all good. Yeah. So maybe we talk about buying food because this is another one I always like. I, I lost a lot of money, and then I figured this one out over time. But <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I have a huge thing, which is you should not be going to REI to plan for your trip. You should be buying from a grocery store. So no freeze dried meals at all. I do get them and I do go to REI still. I'm not saying like that's, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just mm-hmm. saying the primary place you should get a lot of your food is a grocery store. Interesting. Cause I think a lot of people would think grocery stores are like, oh man, all the food in there is going to be super heavy. And what am I going to get there? I, well, I guess you mentioned jerky. Yeah. So yeah, it's so hard for me to not talk about specifics as we go along, but we'll, let's talk theory and then I'll talk specifics real soon. Um, but there's a few reasons that I always shop at a grocery store, right? Like one is it's so much more expensive at REI. Mm-hmm. Like even the same thing packaged and sold to backpackers, they're going to upcharge it two or three X. Yeah. Right. And so a lot of guys really, really depend on freeze-dried meals because uh, they're the same thing you're saying. Everybody thinks, oh, it'll be lighter. But here's the thing. A freeze-dried meal is anywhere between eight or 15 bucks for a serving. By the way, they lie about servings. Like if they say two, it's never two. Like look at the calories. <laughs> yeah. Like one, one person eats a, eats a bag and they probably are still hungry. Um, but if you do three of those a day, that's like 30 to $50 a day, man. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. like a hotel room. That's not cheap. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think a lot of guys get stuck in that mindset of like, I've got to go get freeze dried meals and oh man, that's going to cost, that's going to add, you know, three, $400 to your elk hunting trip, which is not good. Yeah. It's uh, a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. The second reason is that the REI stores are like really limited nutritionally. They would only really have three things, which is like freeze-dried meals, bars, and jerky. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like if your digestive system is strong enough to live through that, like you're probably you'd like Josh in your 20s. <laughs> <laughs> and even me, if I eat those freeze-dried meals, I'm like farting like the entire freaking yeah. trip. So <laughs> we get real on this podcast. It's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it's uh, like you just don't get a good blend of foods. Like you're you're planning your your week around things that are not healthy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, big one too is that like REIs are few and far between. 
So yeah, maybe if you're in a big city, you might have one nearby, but like you get out in the middle of nowhere elk country and all of a sudden you lose half your food and you need to go replace it. Like, guess what? You're not shopping at REI. (laughs) Yeah, true. You're shopping in a grocery store. And so getting comfortable and familiar with that is going to be a really good idea. Yeah. Um, Because a lot of the time, even the best laid plans always go south, right? You might plan out your whole week of food and you get out there and you're like, I cannot eat these three things. Mm-hmm. Like I can't touch another one. That's me and cliff bars. Now I like, I see a cliff bar and I just gag. <laughs> um, and so you got to go to a grocery store, right? Um, and then like the biggest one to me, just practically speaking too, is that you don't really want to eat backpacking food later, right? Like it's two weeks after season, you've got the inevitable four or five days of food left over. Uh, fortunately I do enough outdoor stuff that I could use it for that. But like, I don't sit around my house and go, Oh yeah, I really want to eat that bar or freeze dried meal. Right. You're like, Ugh. Yeah, whenever we're camping and I eat those freeze-dried meals, I actually do like them because I'm probably I like them because I don't eat them often. Yeah. And also because I'm like just so exhausted and tired from camping all day. That hot freeze-dried meal is so good. But whenever I'm camping, me and my friends always joke like, oh, how funny it would it be if we fired up our jet boil at work and just ate one of these for lunch. <laughs> but there's no way I'm doing that. Like I'm there's never no way. unless I'm out there. So why in the hell are you buying food? This is this is my I'm getting off my little high horse here, but why in the hell are you buying food you wouldn't want to eat under normal circumstances, right? Like mm-hmm. that's kind of my thing on backpacking. It's like if it's good food, you want to eat it all the time. Yeah. Uh, so that's my little screed on why I think <laughs> grocery stores are great places to shop. But uh, it's it's also my personal style. Like there's a little bit of personal stuff in there, but mm-hmm. I also don't really want to use freeze dried food that much because it just takes time. No matter what you do, there's a difference between freeze-dried and dehydrated. Mm-hmm. And especially if you got something that's dehydrated, which those meals generally taste better. Mm-hmm. They're like the non-mountain house meals. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to take 20 minutes, 25 minutes to hydrate. Yeah. Right. Uh, and so you got to boil the water. You got to find the water. You got to sit down. That's 45 minutes at least. So if you do that three times a day, you're spending two or three hours a day just eating meals, not elk hunting. Right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So I guess big benefits of grocery stores, you save money, you tend to have a better nutritional profile and it's just practical. And there's, seems like there's a lot of cons so far for freeze dried. It's expensive. You're not going to eat it later, but what are some, so what are some benefits of freeze dried meals or benefits of dehydrated meals? Yeah. Well, they're, they're just simple and easy, right? I think that's why guys like them is like you find package, you put package, you eat package. It's not, (laughs) you don't have to think, right? You just Mm kind of do it. Um, and they are light, right? But uh, there's actually a ton of stuff at grocery stores that is already freeze-dried or dehydrated. Guys don't think about that, right? Um, And this we can talk, let's get specific, right? Pastas, couscous, noodles, rice, right? All Mm -hmm. of those are freeze-dried. I did not know that. Or dehydrated, every single Mm -hmm. one of them. Um, And so noodles, right? You're familiar with cup of noodles, right? That's freeze-dried. Marinacha noodles, freeze-dried. And guys get really get really uh, tweaky about that. They're like, oh, I don't want to carry a pan or get my pan dirty. And I, I'm the same way, dude. I don't want to deal with dishes. Mm-hmm. But all you got to do is bring one freeze-dried meal a day and you can make those in the same pouch. Oh, yeah. And actually, the freezer Ziploc gallon bag is temperature safe for boiling water. So you can eat it in that too. Yeah. Yeah. But you can just, you know, I always have one freeze-dried meal a day. I like a warm meal at night and that's it, right? Gotcha. Um, okay. But I'll just literally wash that one out and put this other stuff in there if I want it. Or like very often, like I said, a lot of these freeze-dried meals are not a full meal. What I'll do is I'll open it up and I'll dump some extra couscous or rice, instant rice or some noodles or whatever it is in there with the meal. Oh, it's so smart. When I cook the meal. And so it just adds, you know, that saves you a ton of money and weight and uh, it's super easy. So you just like literally cook it in the same pouch you're already carrying. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. I'm re- now I'm super curious to hear some of the specifics that you get at grocery stores to to and then so it sounds like you get most of your food at grocery stores and then you like do that one meal to supplement with a nice freeze-dried meal at the end of the day yeah totally so that's so that's kind of it let's just i'll run down the list and we can talk about them um mm-hmm. yeah pastas couscous noodles i'm not gonna hit brands because like everybody's got their favorite but just yeah. make sure they cook instantly or easily in boiling water mm-hmm. right uh it's it's super funny when you think about it you're like wait we cook everything in boiling water at home that's all freeze-dried meals oh okay um Oatmeal, granola, and powdered milk, right? Those freeze-dried breakfasts that people are paying $10 for are literally just dried milk, granola, and oatmeal. Like, Interesting. Make your own in a Ziploc bag. Super easy to do. Super cheap. Right? Wow. Um, that's a great one. Potato chips. 
Here's a fun fact. Potato chips, 1.5 ounces of potato chips have more potassium than a banana. That's crazy. They have tons of salt and they have tons of simple carbohydrates. It's literally everything your body needs, literally everything your body needs exercising. And it's literally the worst thing for you when you're not exercising. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing right. you clar- clarified that part. I was going to say, I hope no kids are listening to this. Like, oh, oh I'm yeah. not eating a banana anymore. <laughs> so it's the, that's a good theme is the things that are bad for you here are great for you out there. And so what I'll do is I'll take, you know, I'll get tons of bags of potato chips and I'll crush them up because it's, you don't want to get it all over your hands. It's a pain in the butt, right? So I'll literally crush them all like really fine. Yeah. And I'll just weigh them out in Ziplocs. And that way you can just shovel the Ziploc into your mouth while you're hiking. Oh, wow. That's so crazy. And also takes up less space. Cause I was going to say like, like bags of potato chips are going to take up a lot of space. So you don't get that, 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 uh, sensation of eating that one perfect chip and smashing it in your mouth and all that crunchiness, but the flavors there, the salts there. And I bet it tastes really good when you're out there, like in the middle of nowhere. Totally. So let's, let's keep it going. Um, dried fruits and nuts, right? That's about as efficient calories per ounce as you can get. Um, and by the way, the dried fruit's also going to get you fiber, which pretty much nothing else you're backpacking with will do. So oh, true. dried mangoes, love dried mangoes, man. I'll take ounces and ounces of those every day. Um, mm-hmm. Nuts, obviously super dense, pretty fat heavy, but like a great thing to mix in there. Yeah. And protein um, too. Protein. Yeah. Really good. Because protein is one of the hardest things to pack in the backcountry. Mm-hmm. It's just really hard. It's expensive. Um, so nuts are a win-win. Uh, jerky, speaking of that, you can buy like a lot of the backpacking stores have jerky in these tiny packages and it's super expensive. Like just buy in bulk, man. Yeah. Um, one of the guys that comments on my site, Terry, who's awesome, um, had a really good suggestion, which is like, even if you don't have wild game to make jerky with, just go out and buy beef, uh, make your own jerky at home. If you really want to save ground beef, you know, make your own stuff with mix in seasonings in your oven. You can make jerky. Yeah. Yeah. I've made jerky before and it's really good too. It doesn't taste super salty like the jerky that you get in the stores. Yeah, totally. So that's a great one. Uh, and then this is where people are going to, their mind's going to kind of blow up a little bit, but bear with me. Peanut butter, jelly, pre-cooked bacon, bagels, and honey, uh, cheese, salami, and crackers, right? Whoa. Guys are all going to go, Oh man, you need to refrigerate that. You can, that stuff is usually good for three to four days at least, at least, um, especially like a, a cheese. So peanut butter and jelly, you know, and this is another benefit of that strategy. I was talk we talked about early on of only going in two to four days. Mm-hmm. It allows you to take this food. That's like so much tastier and easier to make and not have to deal with freeze dried stuff in the long run. Right. Yeah. And what we mean by two to four days is you go in two to four days, stretch, come out to the car, go maybe take a shower, repack the rest of the food that you had in the car and then go back out for like a round two almost. Or like yeah. Half. Yeah, what podcast was that? I think it was like how to backpack, like the third or fourth one we did. Really yeah, cool. one of them. Mm-hmm. You guys can go look into that. It's why I think it's good to backpack and car camp at the same time. But that's one of the benefits. Um, pre-cooked bacon, bagels, and a lot of guys will do tortillas instead of bagels, bacon, honey, peanut butter. Yeah. Um, you can just wrap those up. And again, the last three, four days, um, super cheap, super tasty, really calorie dense. And okay, now now let's say you really want freeze-dried food. Well, you can get that at the grocery store too. Like you can get freeze-dried Idahoan potatoes or hash browns, Mm -hmm. um, powdered eggs, bacon bits, all those things are freeze-dried. Oh, Um, interesting. So you can like those, oh man, I love those freeze-dried hash browns, the Idahoan ones. They're so Mm -hmm. good. Um, So that's, those are all things you can do. The cheese salami and crackers, like just make sure it's a hard cheese. So like a brie, no, that will go bad in a day or two. Yeah. But like a, like a hard cheddar or a manchego or something, they'll last. I mean, you, we go to the grocery store, they're sitting out, right? They're not in the fridge. Yeah. That's, that's true. Yeah. That's yeah. True. So just keep them in your pack out of the sun and like you're good. So it's, mm-hmm. I mean, man, it tastes great. Day two or three to be sitting there with some crackers and a, uh, some cheese and salami. You know, the crackers aren't really space, space efficient, so they're kind of a luxury, but uh, the cheese and salami sure are. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That sounds delicious man, I'm getting hungry. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. But that's, I mean, that's the basis of what I'm eating day in and day out is a lot of that stuff. Um, cause it's so cheap. It's super light. It's really easy to get to, but yeah. like, we probably should talk freeze dried meals cause I, and bars and stuff. Let's go through some suggestions and that. Cause I do still take a ton of those. So I'm not saying it's wrong. Like it, you might like it a lot more. It's good for you, whatever. Mm-hmm. Actually, um, right, uh, right before we get there. So with all the, the grocery stuff, the 
all that material. Um, do you put together all your meals, like the peanut butter and jelly, for example, do you put it together on a sandwich and like, or with a tortilla before you go, or are you bringing it and then like putting it together when you're out there? I'll generally, like if it's something like that, that goes bad in a few days, I'll generally bring it in its raw ingredients and make it, um, at the trailhead. Oh, interesting. So you'll bring so, like a small bag of jelly and small bag of peanut butter. Or? I'll bring a jar of peanut butter, jar of jelly and a thing of bread. And then yeah. just like that night, the night before, after dinner, I'll just whip up a few sandwiches, stuff them in Ziplocs. So it'd be the only bit of food prep I'm doing in, you know, on the mountain. Oh, but, got it. But you're doing it at the truck. At the truck. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. gotcha. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause if you're going to have a cooler anyway for your elk, you can just throw some ice in there and stuff will last forever. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. You know, any, any cooler worth its salt will last, keep something refrigerator cold for a week with good ice. Mm-hmm. And then how about like the oatmeal granola powdered milk? Do you just put those in separate Ziploc bags or something? Yeah. And I, uh, you know, I also, so I do everything in bins. Like I get these giant bins from Home Depot so that I can store stuff in my quasi garage and, uh, and take like when I go elk hunting, I don't have to go f- look through 30 different giant bags. I just stuff eight bins in the back of the truck. Mm-hmm. I'll have a bin for food. That's not for backpacking. So like when I come out to the trailhead, if I happen to do, you know, I'm backpacking and car camping, I happen to have an, a meal or a night when I'm not in there, I really don't want to eat backpacking food. Yeah. So I'll have all the things that I bought from the grocery store in bulk and I'll have, you know, things that I refrigerated in the cooler or whatever, just sitting there um, so I can snack because it's really nice to have that so you can mix it up a little bit. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. So freeze-dried meals. Yeah. And maybe, maybe the best way to do this would just be to list some winners over time that I've found. Cause it's, uh, you really don't like experimenting with freeze dried meals is not fun. <laughs> you find a bad one. It's really bad. Yeah, it really is. Cause you're out there and your expectations are high too. You're like, I mean, you're actually like, you want it to taste good. And if it tastes bad, it just sucks. <laughs> it sucks. Yeah. But let's talk brand names. Cause that's something we get to do since we're not sponsored and don't have to deal with that. Um, mountain house meals like these are those are definitely the cheapest and like most widely available and they're like a true freeze dry so they hydrate yeah. pretty quick mm-hmm. um beef stroganoff with noodles oh time, yeah all oh, time I love best. That one. unbelievable so good that's breakfast the one hash dried. breakfast hash yeah the breakfast hash or skillets those ones are winners yes i yeah, eat those for those dinner two, all the time yeah i love those two those two are my two favorite mountain house for sure yep. one and two so good i could eat those every day um Chili mac, biscuits and gravy, chicken dumplings, spaghetti lasagna. Those ones are like, almost everyone says those are at least good. Yeah. Out of all those, the, um, I don't like the chili mac one, um, yeah. but the others are okay. Oh, good. Yeah. Me, so I don't, personally. you find very few people that are like, I don't like those, you know, out of those four, for example, you don't like one, but most of those are winners. They're just not like the same. They're good, not great. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, but that's like most freeze dried food. And then. The granola with milk and blueberries, even though I poo-pooed how expensive it is, like it is super tasty. Yeah. Uh, that's a good one too. If you're just like, I don't want to deal with creating that myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I've eaten a bunch of other brands, but two that jumped to mind, Heather's Choice. She's made a lot of, hopefully we can get her on the podcast at some point. She's done a lot of outreach to Hunter. She's a hunter. Um, oh, she's cool. got two that are really good. Uh, dark, they're at least that I like. And these are ones that I've heard consistently people like. Some of the ones she's got, um, People either really like them or don't like them, but the uh, the dark chocolate chili with bison. Ooh, I think you've told me about this before. Yeah, this one's good. That one's really good. The only thing about that though, it's got so much chocolate powder in it that mm-hmm. uh, it can keep you up at night. Oh, <laughs> I know, I know. It's kind of it's kind of annoying, but uh, it's tasty at least. Uh, the organic chicken mole with rice. Ooh, um, pretty much tastes like chicken mole. So if you don't like mole, you won't like it. But if you like mole, it's, you're going to love it. It's the same mole thing. Mole is that like chocolatey sauce, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. It's kind of that gritty chocolatey sauce. Mm-hmm. Um, good to go foods, the Thai curry one. They're famous for that. That makes the rounds in the backpacking world. That one's super good if you like a Thai curry. And the brand's uh, called Good to Go? Good to Go. Yeah. Okay. That one's a, that's a winner. I haven't really found anything else there that I'm a big fan of, but I love that one. Yeah. I feel like a, like a good curry or something like that. It tastes really good at altitude. Um, that's another important thing guys don't realize is your taste buds physically change at altitude. Yeah. Uh, that's why everybody likes ginger ale on an airplane mm-hmm. is that the pressure differential, like the way your taste buds work is they absorb 
it's the chemicals getting pushed across them that they sense. And so if there's less pressure, less of certain chemicals get pushed across them. Huh. And so at altitude, things taste really, really different. There's a lot of times things you like at sea level, you just don't like and vice versa at altitude. That's so funny you say that because whenever I'm on a plane, I order ginger ale. I do really like ginger ale on a plane. And I, I, I'm just noticing now that I don't really drink it often when I'm down here on earth. Yeah. Yeah. Google that. There's a lot of really cool articles on it, but it's exactly true. It's one of those That's, things that at altitude, generally the spicier and more pungent a flavor, the better it tastes at altitude because you get weird. less flavor at altitude. So you're able to sense it. Does that make sense? Oh, got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the curry, for example, it gets a really flavorful, potent thing down here, but up there it tastes really good. Yeah. Um, so that's a, that's a winner. Um, I'm trying to remember the other ones. Backpackers pantry. Backpackers pantry. I've never really found they, you know, some of the ones they copy from or mountain house copy from them. Who knows who came first are pretty yeah. good. So I like their pad thai. The pad thai is a good one. Yeah. Yeah. That's my number form. one favorite actually of all the, f- foods that well i've only tried mountain house and backpackers pantry but the pad thai and then that beef stroganoff and that breakfast skillet those are my my three go-to yeah and there's one more who is that um oh mary jane's farm she's out of idaho and she's like the hand make them but her shepherd's meat pie one and her bear burrito one are bomb bear burrito burrito. yeah it's just bean burrito basically okay um those are both really good in there yeah, no, not no. Oh, oh, okay. No B A R A R stuff. Those are really good. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll typically have one of those a day. Like I said, kind of my dinner. Yeah. Uh, with and it's never enough for dinner. Like I've always got to eat something else too. But uh, yeah, that's that's not a bad spot. Gotcha. And, uh, and this might be in the tips and tricks category. But do you normally like boil the water and then set it in there and then go set up your tent when you get to camp? Totally. Yeah, that's a good. That's a really good tip. But the other one too is that the the times on those are always undercalled because mm-hmm. all the times are for sea level. Yeah. And so again, water boils at lower temperatures at high altitude pressure differential, right? Mm-hmm. So your water, not only is your water um, boil like a little quicker, but it doesn't heat as much. So you gotta, you gotta wait extra time. They say about a minute for every thousand feet of altitude. That's what it was. Yeah. Okay. Minute yeah. for every thousand feet. Okay. Well, I mean, all out country, if you're hunting in good spots, is anywhere between eight and 11,000 feet during archery season. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're like just eight to 10 more minutes than what they say. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of guys are constantly like, I like freeze dried meals, but they're always like chewy and weird. That's like, yeah, that's exactly why you are cooking at the nine minutes they say, but in reality, that extra 18 or 20 minutes is what'll make it taste good. Yeah. I've definitely taken a spoonful too early and got that crunch. Yeah. 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 So give it the extra 10 minutes when you're up elk mm-hmm. hunting. Um, let's talk bars. Oh, oh yeah. Bars. Everybody's favorite. Um, I've got five, what, six on here that I love. Perfect bars. I'm a big fan. Those are kind of polarizing. They can be really chewy. So some guys like them. Um, they're really, really good ways to get protein. It's egg protein. So that's pretty cool because protein's hard to get other places. Pro bars. I like pro bars. Yeah. Pro bars are super tasty. Any of the berry flavored versions. And there's some uh, with like a lot of nutrients in there too, like chia seeds and all these micronutrients that you need. They're super nutrient dense. It's just basically all it is is blended up fruits, like whole grains and uh, nuts. That's mm-hmm. all it is with a little rice syrup on it. And it's super tasty. Yeah. Um, they look like dog poop, but they taste. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, RX bars. Those or sorry, I was thinking RX bars when I said perfect bars. Yeah, RX bars, the ones with the eggs, they're really chewy. Perfect bars are just dope. They're basically peanut butter with honey in it. <laughs> oh, nice. That sounds good. Yeah, they're really good. Um, and both RX and perfect bars, guys freak out because they say refrigeration. But if you look at the fine print, they say fine unrefrigerated for seven days. Oh, okay. So just take them out of the refrigerator when you go on your week-long elk hunt. You're fine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the RX bars at the office sit there for months. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're, trust me. They, they have to say that for liability. You're gotcha. totally, You're totally fine. Yeah. Uh, Justin's like little peanut butter, hazelnut or almond. Oh, uh, the packets, packets. little packets mm-hmm. are cool. That's a great way to get, cause there's a lot of sugar in those with the fat. Um, so it's a nice little tasty snack. Nutella, you know, Nutella is basically the same thing. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. You can buy those at the grocery store, little Nutella packets. Uh, Bobo's bars. You ever had a Bobo's bar? I never have. Never heard they're, of it. They're awesome. They're basically just like cooked oatmeal compacted into a brick with like a ton of uh, like sugar and flavor in it. 
So it's like an oatmeal bar. Basically. Yeah. And they're really good. Um, I probably didn't make, sell them that well, but trust me, <laughs> they taste good. <laughs> cool. Uh, Mojo bars, Kind bars. Those are really mainstream. I think they're like, you'll find them in any grocery store, but I'm a big fan. Yeah. Is this all listed on the website? I'm, I'm jotting it all down, but it is. Yeah. It's all listed on the article on the website. Nice. Okay, yeah, cool. So you guys can go find it there, but uh, I have to look at this. I can't remember all this off the top of my head, mm-hmm. but I remember some of it, but yeah, those are generally, that's all my recs. Those are like the specifics, but I mean, that's, man, if you took one of the, everything we just talked about, you, you could eat for three weeks. So it's kind of about just finding the ones you like and that's 20 years, 25 years of research. And I probably don't remember the first five years. So, uh, of research on like things that just work and are super tasty in the back country. So hopefully that gives guys a good starting point. Like, yeah, totally. And then could you walk us through like a typical day of like everything that you eat? Yeah. I, um, I'll wake up in the morning and I don't, you know, part of the reason we've talked about, I like backpacking is that I don't get up super early. I'll get up like 25, 30 minutes before light and I'm within 500 y- yards of where I want to hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that, I don't want to go make a meal, make a ton of noise, take a ton of time. So I just wake up and eat a bar. Okay. Uh, so I might start with like a perfect bar or not a perfect bar, a pro bar, um, something like that. And then I'll get right to hunting. Like mm-hmm. I'm just straight into it. And cause that's a good time of the day. And then as things start to fade or, you know, just depending on what's going on, I'll start mixing in a lot of different things. I'll, you know, start, I'll eat a little sugar, whether it's some gummy bears. I don't think I put those on the article. I'll have to do that. Gummy bears, some potato chips, kind of while I'm going, maybe a bar or two. Mm-hmm. And then around lunch, I'll usually start eating a lot of my jerky. Yeah. Uh, you know, add some of that in with a few more of the bars or, uh, a lot of the things like from the grocery store, fr- like dried fruits. I'm kind of a grazer. I like eating a lot of different things. Yeah. Um, I hardly ever like a single big meal in the backcountry. My mm-hmm. stomach's always a little weirded out uh, the first few days. So, you know, more of the same during the afternoon. And then where it really changes is like 4.30 to 5. Uh, I am a big fan of hunting the middle of the day. I think you can do a great, great number on elk from like 1 to 3 o'clock because a lot of guys will like go back and take a nap and eat lunch then but i'm constantly on the move i think the deadest hour i experience is like 4 30 to 5 or like 4 to 5 so i tend to eat an early dinner that's when i cook my freeze-dried meal and set up oh, camp okay. or do whatever um if i found a good area and i'll uh i'll eat a freeze-dried meal then and supplement it with some other stuff like pouring it into the bag like we talked about mm-hmm. maybe eat another bar on the side or a pack it for dessert then i'll go hunt and i'll always save you know some little tasty treat or snack for like mid hunt and then like a dessert right before i go to bed oh nice okay cool yeah so just a lot of little things during the day with really only one sit down meal gotcha the only hour of the day that i think is genuinely unproductive yeah and i like the variety there because i i took like this backpacking course two years ago now i think and one lady said that you want to make sure to get a variety of things for texture and taste. So get sweet things that are, and get salty things and then get like chewy things and get crunchy things because you're just going to have all these different cravings. And like you said, food is mood. So when you get that thing and it hits the spot, yeah, I I can, it'll really, really bring your mood up that day. Yeah. That that moment. What you're picking up on is earlier, I was telling you very specifics and in that I'm having a hard time recalling exactly what I eat when. Cause like, I don't think I just chuck it. Like I've got (laughs) 20 different things in a zip in a gallon bag and Mm -hmm. I just pull that thing out, you know, every hour or two or three or whatever it is. And I look at it and I'm like, what do I want now? Um, so I don't really like plan it out per se, um, other than just making sure I'm eating some sugar every now and then. Right. So I don't, it's great because my brain doesn't, Thinking about food is not something that's loading my brain up. I'm just thinking about where the elk are and what's going yeah, on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a typical day. What else? I have some tips and tricks up on here. I think we hit some of them, but let me make sure we get them all. Um, we talked about food in, in this, and this is almost all about food, but water is actually more important than food. <laughs> <laughs> like hydration, especially with altitude sickness, is just so stinking important in the yeah. backcountry. Um, this is a huge reason I'm a I'm a fan of bladders and not bottles. Mm-hmm. The bladder's got a tube and you always, always are just sipping it all the time, right? And you can carry like three liters of water in a bladder instead of a one liter in a bottle. So it's a lot lighter too. Yeah, I actually just got the platypus 
uh, three liter that that you put up on on your on the site on under like what gear you use. Yeah, yeah things awesome. Yeah, it's so yep. thin too, like super light. So thin and light. And the the thing about that system too is I carry. So my wife has a bladder. I have a bladder, and I carry one more bladder because I have a dirty bag and a clean bag, and I use that little Sawyer water filter between the two. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't have to pump. All I do is I just literally click out the mouthpiece and click in the tube to the Sawyer water filter and hang the dirty bag up in a tree and it just filters right into my backpack. So I don't even have to pull my bladder out of my backpack. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't want to take the five or 10 minutes to talk through that setup now, but that enables me to have an ultra ultra light setup. And it enables me if we're like, Hey, I'm going to go up on the top of a ridge and camp out where I can glass things and then drop on them. I can carry up to six liters of water up there with me. Yeah. So I can sit there for two or three days away from water, um, which is a huge benefit in some of these drier elk areas. Yeah. And I've yeah. camped and backpacked with a bottle for the last, I don't know, a few years or so. And I recently switched to a bladder and it makes a huge difference just because you don't have any excuses to drink water. Yep. Yeah. You don't have to take my pack off just to drink water. Yeah. So if you're, that's my biggest tip for hydration is get a bladder because you're going to drink more often. And like there's zero, there's very little downside to just peeing all the time because you don't have to go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. like it's, it's easy. And if it gets really cold, guys, poo-poo bladders, they're like, oh, they'll freeze. Just blow the water in your tube back into the bladder. Yeah. And the, okay. and the tube won't freeze. Mm -hmm. I mean, at archery season, it's pretty rare. It's like only one or two, it's like one week out of the four that you'll get temperatures that cold. But yeah, don't worry about it. We talked about stuff tasting different at altitude. Um, talked about the gallon Ziplocs extra food in the car. We talked a little bit about that, but it's always best to have a lot of other stuff in the car because you might, you might get out there and be like, I can't eat this thing. I don't want this thing. Um, mm -hmm. You might need to repack some stuff. Again, variety is great when you get back. Uh, just, you want to make sure you've got extras. You also might just like drop some, I've dropped stuff in a Creek. I've burned stuff by accident by the fire. I've done pretty much everything you th can think of to stupidly burn food or you ruin food. So, uh, just make sure you've got a lot of extra in the truck. Yeah. Got it. Better safe than sorry. Yep. We talked about cooking meals long. Um, Ooh, really tactical little piece of advice. Um, make sure you buy a cup with measuring lines. All those freeze dried meals depend on using the right amount of water. And if you don't use the oh. right amount of water, it's going to be super dry and crunchy like you talked about, or it's going to be just soupy and horrible. And uh, you bring a cup out there? I do, because I need to use a cup to fill up the bladders for the uh, uh, water filter system. Mm -hmm. And I also need a cup for drinking. And I also use a cup for uh, uh, for mixing some of the things that I take from the grocery store. Like an oatmeal or something like that? Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay, cool. And the cup is like, you can get a, a $4 one. From, I think it's the GSI outdoors, whatever the gear I use section. I've got a link in there. Um, mm -hmm. It's like an ounce and a half and it's great. But if it's got those little measuring lines on it you just dip it into your boiling water pot and pour it into the bag and you know you hit the exact amount they recommend and they always right. taste good nice okay cool so it's like a huge huge thing for tasty freeze-dried meals um and a long-handled spoon man like oh yeah mm -hmm. nothing worse than digging around in that bag with a short-handled spoon and getting it all over your fingers yeah all over your knuckles and stuff too yeah yeah, yeah. they're cheap they're super light um i don't bring a knife I don't bring a fork. I don't bring anything. I just bring a spoon, the long handled spoon. You don't need a yeah. fork. Um, if you really need a knife, you can pull the, your elk butchering knife out, but uh, I can't think of a reason you'd need one. Yeah. So don't bring all those other utensils, just dead weight. Cool. Yeah. But I think that's it. I mean, we covered a lot of ground here in about an hour, but yeah, uh, but I've got a really good picture of like what I'm going to eat, how I'm going to eat. And also it's, it's not going to cost as much as I expected. Cause I was probably going to do a bunch of freeze dried meals had it mm -hmm. not been for this episode. Yeah. And you can, the nice thing about the grocery store stuff too, is that you can go test it beforehand. Mm -hmm. Cause like, Hey, if you don't like couscous, it's what you might eat with dinner tonight. Right. Like oatmeal, yeah. you might eat that every day. So you can kind of go experiment you know, versus backpacking food could be expensive to go buy these bars and you don't really want to eat it in your house anyway. So it's good to start playing with this stuff now and then you figure out things you like. Um, easy way to do it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I like it. Love it. Cool. Well, hopefully that helps guys out. More sugar. <laughs> buy at the grocery store and uh, get some of those suggestions. They're tasty.
Yeah. And feel good out there by fueling well. Um, yeah, but as always, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate you spending the time with us. Thank you, Baxter, for teaching me all this stuff. Yeah, man. Any, anytime. I think we're, uh, next week we're, what are we into? We're into boat tuning, which is oh, perfect. Stuff. Yeah. So perfect. it's really, it, yeah, really exciting. It's what you need to do. So we're out of the, out of the gear guide stuff and into the tips and tactics. So awesome. Looking forward really to talking next week. Yeah. Cause I got the new arrows and now I can tune the bow. Oh, it's perfect timing. Yeah. Awesome. All right, guys. We'll talk to you soon.